Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Silbiger. This is the Howie Silbiger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. If you want to get in on the conversation, you could do that by calling in 1-877-669-1292 is the number to dial. 1-877-669-1292. That's the number to dial. Get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. I was watching the coverage of the massacre, the Nazi massacre of Jews, the Arab Nazi massacre of Jews in Israel. I was watching the coverage today as I've done non-stop for a few days already. And I saw a horrific story. This uh, young lady got on and she was talking about how she and her daughter were hiding in, in a bunker and they didn't have much to defend themselves with. She had a Dyson vacuum cleaner and, a, and an oar from a rowboat. And they managed to barricade the door using those two items. And crazy monsters yelling in Arabic were banging on the door trying to break in trying to kill them and they came in three waves so the first wave the second wave then the third wave and then finally they were finally they they stopped coming the the monsters stopped coming into the house they destroyed the house they stopped coming to the house and her and her daughter had survived and about halfway through the interview the lady said and I don't understand why they came to get me. I, I, I'm pro-Palestinian, she said. She said, I volunteered for Palestinian organizations to help children, sick Palestinian children, go from the border to the hospital. I drove them. I don't understand why they were targeting me. She was shocked that she was targeted by the mob of Jew-hating, murderous Arab Nazis. And I couldn't help but think, and I couldn't help but remember. About 25 years ago, I was sitting at a conference. It was a Holocaust conference, a conference on how to educate children um, about the Holocaust. And there was a survivor there, a, a nice lady, a German survivor, a survivor who was born and lived in Germany. She survived the war. And she was sitting at this conference, and she looked at us, and she said, my entire life, since World War II, I am still not sure as to why the Germans picked me, why they took me to a concentration camp. She said, I was more German than I was Jewish. I supported the German cause. Why would they choose me? It seems that the lessons of the Holocaust have not been imparted on many Jews. They chose the woman in Germany, and they chose the woman in her kibbutz. That was a peacenik kibbutz that did a lot of work helping the Arabs of Gaza and were massacred. The entire kibbutz was killed. They chose these places not because of their political leanings, not because... Of, of, of the 
humanitarian aid that they gave the Palestinians, the Gazans, they chose to kill the people in these kibbutz solely because these people were Jewish. 100% because they were Jewish. There was no other reason why these people were murdered. And let's stop pretending that there was a political gain here. Let's stop pretending that there was a political goal. Let's stop pretending that politics had anything to do with this. The only thing that had to do with this was that this crazy mob of monsters yelling in Arabic, coming from Gaza, wanted to kill Jews. Period. Point blank. There's more, no more to it than that. And if we continue and, 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 and continue and take a look at the, at the horrors that are now being found, the horrific, horrific discoveries that the Israelis are making when they're going into these towns and finding the bodies and finding the victims of this attack, babies with their heads ripped off, mothers and fathers killed in their beds, their children killed in their beds, you think of the the horrific, 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 uh, you can't even find words to describe how horrific this is. When you think about the terror and the the absolute carnage that was left over by this, the mutilated bodies, people being raped and killed in the streets, you think about that. You have to wonder, and, and this is still something that makes me sick to my core, how there could be decent human beings, how there could be anybody standing in support of Hamas, how there could be anybody protesting and, and, and demonstrating and flying a flag that represents this kind of, of, of pure evil. It is totally mind-boggling to me, and and this is the third, fourth day I'm talking about how mind-boggled I am by the fact that this, the, 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 these 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 nutcases are supporting the mass murder of Jews. Now, I was never under the illusion, and anyone who's listened to my shows, either this show or the one on on uh, political hitman on Israel News Talk Radio, anyone who's ever heard any of my shows knows. That I I think that the the I think that the um, the lifespan of the Jewish community in North America is pretty much over. And I've said this I've said this for years that uh, I think we're coming to the end of our welcome in North America. The same way Jews came to the end of their welcome in France and in in most of Europe, we we've come to the end of our welcome in North America. And when I see these mobs of people standing in the street. And screaming and, and, and fervently supporting the indiscriminate killing of Jews, I can't but help think that, boy, are we in trouble. Boy, is the Jewish community in trouble. You could call in if you want. one 877 is the number to call. one 877 now it's it's if that's not disheartening enough, then we move on to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the CBC. 
The CBC gave strict guidelines to reporters on using the term terrorist in their coverage of Israel's war with Hamas. An email that was leaked today reveals. Here's the quote. Do not refer to militants, soldiers, or anyone else as terrorists. The notion of terrorism remains heavily politicized and is part of the story. CBC's Director of Journalistic Standards, George Aki, wrote in an email to employees on Saturday. The CBC exec instructed journalists to make sure audiences understand that when quoting someone using this term, they are stating opinion. Even when quoting, clipping a government or source referring to fighters as terrorists, we should add context to ensure the audience understands that this is opinion, not fact, he added. CBC journalists were also urged to avoid calling 2005 the end of Israeli occupation. Please do not describe 2005 as the end of the occupation, as Israel has maintained control over airspace, seafront, and virtually all movements in or out of the area. The email said, Our description should be fact-based, referring to the end of permanent Israeli military presence on the ground. A CBC spokesman confirmed the internal email's legitimacy. The CBC characterized the protocol as similar to practices followed by other media outlets. Here's the quote. CBC News attributes the word terrorist and terrorism to authorities, politicians, and other officials who use these terms. There is no ban on these words. However, we avoid, uh, we ourselves avoid declaring specific groups terrorists, in line with the policies of many reputable news organizations and agencies around the world. The focus of our news coverage is on describing exactly what happened in detail. And we have, with all that has transpired this weekend, our approach has been consistent and ensured CBC journalism over the decades of conflicts in the Middle East lives up to our commitment to accuracy, balance, and fairness. Some Jewish activists have criticized media outlets for calling Hamas militants or soldiers instead of terrorists since the surprise attack in Israel last Saturday. Soldiers don't kidnap little toddlers. They don't kidnap grandmothers. They don't go around neighborhoods just firing indiscriminately into homes or setting fire to bomb shelters or force people to come out so that they can murder them on the spot. Nor do they... Behead babies. That's not what soldiers do. That's what terrorists do. That's what Nazis do. The CBC should be shut down. It should have been shut down a long time ago. It really should be shut down. Not referring to Hamas as terrorists. After this unimaginable, sickening, disgusting attack on the Jewish people. This terroristic attack on the Jewish people. This is journalism. This is what they consider journalism today. It sickens me. It makes me mad. It doesn't even sicken me. It doesn't make me upset. It makes me angry. There are people who are who are urging, urging everyone not to share the gruesome images of dead Jews, not to share the stories of how Jews were tortured and murdered. They said, it's going to dishearten the Jewish people. It's going to, um, it's going to lower the morale of the Jews. Well, it shouldn't, and we shouldn't listen to those people. Uh, I share every gruesome picture that I find, every gruesome video that I find, I share. And the reason I share it is because the world must know. The world must understand the brutality and the inhumanity of the attacks on the Jewish people. The world must understand that this has nothing to do 
with the Arab-Israel conflict. This has nothing to do with an Israeli occupation. This has nothing to do with the state of Israel. This has to do with people wanting to murder Jews. And anybody who stands with Hamas now, and anybody who makes excuses for Hamas, anybody who's an apologist for Hamas, falls into the category of Nazi. And I don't use that lightly. I, I've, those of you who have listened to the show, I, I've taken people to task for using the term Nazi uh, to describe everything and, and to, de, to uh, desensitize the word Nazi. So when you call everybody and anything a Nazi, then, uh, then the word Nazi means nothing. But the truth is, the last time we saw atrocities like this committed against the Jewish people solely because they were Jewish was during the reign of the Nazis. The last time we saw babies being beheaded, babies being thrown up in the air and caught on bayonets, was during the Nazi rule. That was the last time we saw this. The last time we had a thousand people killed was during the Nazi rule. If Hamas was trying to recreate Nazism, and they've been trying to recreate Nazism for a long time, the Arabs, then they succeeded. They succeeded in their task to emulate the Nazis, to become just like them. And while the numbers are not the same, we can't compare a couple of hundred Jews even five, six hundred Jews, seven hundred, a thousand Jews. Can't compare a thousand people to six million people. But we can't compare the brutality. We can't compare the, 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 the sheer inhumaneness that was fostered upon the people who were murdered. This is akin to the pogroms in, in, in Russia and the pogroms in Europe and the pogroms in, 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 in Poland. The Israelis today found, it's, it's even hard to describe it. I don't want to show you the pictures. I'm not going to show you the pictures. Uh, I should, because they should be seared into your mind. You should, you should see these pictures. You should remember that this is what Hamas did to you and did to your people. And did to people. I don't care if it was my people, your people. Did it to people. I should actually put the pictures up on the screen, but I'm not going to do that. The Israelis found today a room where there were t- a pregnant woman was lying on the floor and her baby, still attached to the umbilical cord, was lying next to her. It was hard to tell. They, 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 they couldn't tell if the baby was ripped out of the woman's stomach and then was killed or, or if the woman died and, and gave birth to the baby or... or they, they couldn't tell. The woman was so mutilated, it was hard for them to tell what happened to her and how this baby ended up lying on the floor next to her with the umbilical cord still attached to her. The last time I heard a story about a pregnant woman being cut open and her baby being taken out of her during a 
during a, an attack on the Jewish people was Nazism. They used to do that a lot. And then the Chelminsky programs in Europe where, where there's a whole book written about how Chomitsky and his men went and, and ripped apart Jews and ripped apart pregnant women. And the CBC says this is not terrorism. That we can't call this terrorism. That their reporters can't refer to this as terrorism. I've never seen, and, and uh, I've been watching news for a very long time, I've never seen reporters breaking down and crying on the air, being overwhelmed by what they're seeing. Reporters on the street crying. There was a reporter on Fox News who went into a bomb shelter in one of the kibbutzim and found... 50 mutilated people there. And he described the, the scene on air. He was crying throughout the whole, the whole report. And he described the scene. There were men, women, and children there. And they had gone into the bomb shelter because in Starot and in these, in these towns near the Gaza border, what happens is uh, bombs have been falling on their heads since 2005. The world hasn't said much about it, but Hamas has been launching bombs onto the heads of these civilians since 2005, a clear war crime. And it has become so common to have a bomb land in your backyard or land in your house and to hear the air raid siren, that when the air raid siren goes off, people automatically just go to the bomb shelters. That's their first reaction, is they're safe in the bomb shelters. So they go to the bomb shelters. So these people went to the bomb shelter. The siren went off, they went to the bomb shelter. Their city was under attack, they went to the bomb shelter, they went to the safe place. This is where they were safe, in the bomb shelter. And they huddled in the bomb shelter. And they closed the door, exactly like they were told to do. And apparently, according to the reporter, apparently the murderers showed up and banged on the door and said, we are the army, we're here to protect you, we're here to save you. And the people inside believed that the army was there. There was no reason for them to believe the army wasn't there. And he opened the door. And the murderers threw in grenades and killed everybody there. We, we, are, we are not dealing with humans. We are not dealing with anybody with any semblance of humanity. And when people tell me there are innocent people in Gaza who don't deserve to be bombed, I agree with them. There are innocent people in Gaza. You're right. But there are innocent people along the border of Gaza in Israel too. And, and the people of Gaza voted in Hamas. And while I don't like to see innocent people die, Arab, Jew, I don't care who they are, I don't want innocent people to die. I really believe that innocent people shouldn't suffer the, the, the sins 
of their politicians. But we all tend to do that. We all tend to suffer for the sins of our politicians. The innocent people in Gaza have been warned that Israel is going to be dropping bombs and Israel is going to be going to be basically carpet bombing Gaza. They've been warned. Egypt has shut down their border and not allowed people of Gaza into Egypt. And so these people are trapped. And while it sounds horrific that you have innocent people trapped in Gaza, and it is horrific, war is horrific, I find it very, very difficult, extremely difficult, to muster up sympathy. And I'll tell you why. When 9-11 happened and planes slammed into the World Trade Center and 3,000 Americans, more than 3,000 Americans, were, were murdered. In Gaza, the people of Gaza went out into the streets celebrating. They had a parade. They were handing out candies. People of Gaza were really happy about the murder of Americans. When news came out that this Hamas attack murdered hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Jews. The people of Gaza were handing out candy. They were celebrating the death of Jews. When you live by the sword, you have to be ready to die by the sword. When you celebrate death and you live in a death culture and you create a culture of death, then you have to understand that death could come to you too. The people of Gaza have celebrated. I'm not saying all the people of Gaza. I'm, I'm not going to make that, that, that mass exaggeration. There's 2.5 million people there. I'm sure there are some people there who don't like Hamas. I'm sure there are some people there who would wish that all this violence and all this, 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 this horrific stuff would go away. But, but much like my feelings towards the death penalty, sometimes other people have to pay the price. Sometimes innocent people pay the price for the guilty. Now, Israel can't be blamed if innocent civilians die. Hamas has hidden themselves. They've used the people of Gaza as human shields. But Israel has no choice now. They must destroy Hamas. They must wipe Hamas off the face of the earth. And if that requires them to wipe Gaza off the face of the earth, then that's what they must do. There, there is no more choice. Hamas has given them no choice. I said it last night, I'm going to say it again. If you do the math, the attack on the Jewish people on Saturday is equivalent to five nine-elevens. And you saw the American reaction to 9-11. You saw what they did after 9-11. Israel experienced five nine-elevens on Saturday, on Shabbat, on Simcha's Torah. Five nine-elevens. If you 
you want to call in, you can. Number to call, 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. I, um, I have to say that I, I, I saw, I saw, I've been watching CNN and Fox News um, pretty much nonstop. I've been listening or watching them pretty much nonstop for the last couple of days. I wanted to get a semblance, I wanted to get an understanding of the kind of coverage that this event is getting. I wanted to understand how the mainstream media, how legacy media is covering this event. And so I watched them. I didn't bother watching the other networks, the anti-Israel network. I didn't want to bother that. But I watched CNN and I watched Fox. And I have to tell you that the more stellar coverage was on CNN. Surprisingly, the coverage on CNN was amazing, and it still is far superior to what Fox News is doing. Uh, I find myself gravitating more towards CNN than Fox to watch the coverage of this. CNN has put 24 hours, seven day, four, 24 hours a day coverage on this uh, story. Fox is jumping back and forth between between the, um, the events happening in Israel and, um, and, and the events happening in the United States. CNN has forgotten about the United States and they're focusing solely on Israel. And some of the stories that CNN is covering are just heartbreaking. They're talking to survivors. It's just heartbreaking. It's just, it's just absolutely, crazily heartbreaking. And as I was listening to CNN um, just a little while ago, Jake Tapper, who grew up as an Orthodox Jew, in uh, in New York, he hosts uh, he hosts a show, a couple of shows on um, on CNN, and he had the he had the spokesman for the Israeli Defense Force on, and after a conversation about Israeli strategy and what's going on and uh, where where Israel plans to go with uh, uh, w- with this war, Jake Tapper looks at the guy and says. And uh, I just want to know when Israel is going to open their border and allow allow uh, innocent Gazans into their country as refugees. And I, I just stopped and I said, what? What? This is a Jewish reporter asking Israel who just lost a thousand people to terrorists that came over the border from Gaza when they were going to open their borders so Gazans could come into their country? There was someone who missed a point. There's somebody who's not been paying attention. There's somebody on national television who hasn't been watching his own coverage. I really hope and I pray that this war doesn't last forever. I really hope and I pray that Israel is able to take care of their problem really quickly. The chances of that happening are slim. And we know that this war is going to go on for a very, very long time. I hope and I pray that there'll be peace after Hamas is destroyed.
hope and I pray that Israel is strong enough to, to, to wipe Hamas off the face of the earth. I hope and I pray for the survival of the Jewish people, morally, physically. And I hope and I pray that the unity that the Jewish people are, are seeing now, the unity between Jews and Jews, between countries, remains. I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great night.